Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Last week, new research revealed that conditions in the Amazon rainforest are now reaching a critical threshold. Scientists have warned it may be nearing a tipping point of dieback, which basically means the Amazon is losing its ability to heal itself. An area of Amazon rainforest roughly the size of a football pitch is now being cleared every minute. The Amazon rainforest is on fire again. Whole mountains, hills and valleys engulfed in smoke. Dr. Chris Bolton from the University of Exeter is one of the scientists behind this research, and he says a good way to understand the resilience of the Amazon is if you visualise a ball sitting at the bottom of a bowl. You can imagine the ball being at the bottom of the bowl, and that's in its sort of equilibrium state. Um, And the Amazon has its own equilibrium state when there's nothing um, altering it in any way. Um, When the ball's pushed up the sides of the bowl, it will come back to the centre, um, similarly, if the Amazon has an event such as a drought or a fire, then that changes it in some way, but it will recover from that, and that's like the ball going back to the middle of the bowl. But when these events keep on happening, that situation starts to change. If something starts to lose resilience, then we can imagine this as the walls of the bowl getting shallower, in which case that ball would take longer to roll back. Um, And so what our signals have picked up is that the Amazon is effectively taking longer to return back to the middle of this bowl. And, um, well, throughout the whole of the Amazon, pretty much, it's it's over 75% of it, we see this restoring feedbacks being lost. So without the ability to bounce back as quickly, the Amazon could transform from a thriving rainforest to a dry, grassy savanna, with consequences for the entire world. We're in the heart of what should be the pristine Amazon. And right over our shoulders is a sandstorm. That is just mind-boggling. I'm Sarah Chapalak, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, what is happening inside the Amazon rainforest? And will Brazil's president do anything to stop it? Chris, in this report, you and your colleagues say that the Amazon rainforest may be nearing this tipping point of dieback, which is essentially the point where the forest dries out and turns to savanna. How close are we to this tipping point? The dieback refers to the tipping point that the Amazon might reach. So these signals, this loss of resilience, suggests that we're approaching a tipping point. 
in the Amazon's case, this would be a dieback where we'd see um, a mass loss of trees over a relatively short period of time. And I say relatively short, it might be over like 20 years or so once we've passed that tipping point whenever it happens. But, you know, the Amazon's been around for pretty much forever. So 20 years to the Amazon is quite a quick time. And are we seeing these changes across the entire Amazon or is it specifically in Brazil? I mean, what about places like Colombia, Peru, Bolivia? Are we seeing it everywhere? We weren't so specific about which country it was going to be in. We just looked at the Amazon rainforest as a whole. So um, what we see is in over 75% of the area that we looked at, we see these signals happening um, and they tend to happen in areas that um, have less rainfall. So you might suggest that Already those areas are slightly more under stress, so we might be adding to that stress. And also areas that are closer to human land use, so that suggests uh, things like deforestation. And, um, you know, it's only really in the heart of the forest where it gets quite a lot of rainfall, you start to see perhaps there isn't a problem. But um, this kind of tipping point idea would have a knock-on effect on those. So if you lost the forest in those areas that we think are in most trouble, then uh, that would have an effect on like the rainfall patterns and you'd get less rain in those areas that appear quite comfortable now. So although we say 75%, it might be, you know, even that remaining bit is also going to be affected. I want to ask you about the consequences of this, Chris, because a lot of people think the Amazon and they still think that's a very far away from Ireland. It's very far away from the UK. Why do I need to think about this? But the consequences are global. This isn't just about South America, right? This is the whole world. Yeah, sure. So it's the, you know, it's one of the largest stores of carbon in the world that's preventing that carbon, I'd say, from being in the atmosphere. And if you start to, you know, release that back into the atmosphere by losing the forest, then, you know, you're having an effect on global temperatures. So the IPCC report came out last week, and there's a lot of talk about trying to reduce temperature increases. And, you know, that's definitely going in the wrong way towards that. It's not just the temperature increases, but it's the effects that has on like weather patterns. And, you know, we've seen quite a few extreme events or weather events recently and you know they're likely to be affected by the fact that there's going to be high temperatures so you know it all has this knock-on effect. We over the last few years have become quite used to hearing warnings from scientists and climate experts about the various environmental destruction that is taking place worldwide. How desensitized are we to these warnings and how much of a problem is that for the future of our planet? Yeah, that's a good question because I, you know, working in this field, you kind of feel like that yourself because you see that that kind of thing every day and, you know, we run these climate models and, you know, oh, the temperature goes up by this amount in this one and the models tend to disagree with each other and there's a lot of uncertainty about what would happen to the future of the Amazon based on what the models say. But, you know, we can actually now look at something that's in the real world and say, look, this is what's happening in our world. It's not a computer simulation. It's, you know, it's statistics from something that we've actually managed to see. But, you know, there's also a flip side to that, that this is like an early warning of that happening. It's not saying that we're doomed already and it gives us a possibility to do something about it because we know that we're heading in that direction. So it's not too late. You know, the forest is a really sort of resilient thing <laughs> generally. You know, if we weren't chopping it down on things, you know, it, it should be able to have some sort of resilience that can be restored. You know, our research group look at all these different climate systems that might exhibit tipping points, but the Amazon is one that can be 
affected both by global climate change, but also by the sort of local and regional effect of people cutting it down. And, you know, if you try and stop the thing that's (laughs) maybe slightly easier to stop, (laughs) you know, that forest should hopefully start to gain some of that resilience back. So would you be hopeful? Would you be optimistic that this can be turned around? Because often when we see the images of deforestation in the Amazon and the fires that are blazing over there, you can feel like this incredible natural resource that we have is at risk of disappearing. You know, I'm obviously not one to comment on all of the sort of policies of things that happen. You know, that's not necessarily my job. But, you know, there's been a lot of support for the work we've done, which has filled me with a bit of hope, I think, that people are waking up to this and perhaps are not being desensitised. You know, I do think if we can do something about it, then it should start to reverse the things that we're seeing and we start maybe moving away or at least not moving closer to the tipping point, so... Yeah, I'm slightly filled with hope. Dr Chris Bolton, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Coming up, how Brazil's policy failures are accelerating the destruction of the Amazon rainforest. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Once upon a time, Brazil was considered a global climate leader. The country spent years building clean energy initiatives and working to undo the damage caused by record levels of deforestation during the mid-1990s and at the turn of the millennium. The World Wildlife Fund says that almost 20% of the Amazon forest has disappeared in the last half century, and this is only accelerating. Today, Brazil is considered one of the worst environmental offenders on the planet, a reputation which has become notably worse since Jair Bolsonaro was elected president three years ago. The president himself is probably the major threat we have for the environment and for climate in particular. He was elected with the promises of neglecting or not paying attention to the environment. Tom Hennigan, you are the Irish Times South America correspondent and you live in Brazil. Deforestation has been a problem for Brazil for decades, long before Bolsonaro came to power. But as this latest report shows, it has now reached a critical point. So, Tom, how did we get here? Well, I think it's a very multifaceted problem, extremely complex. As you'd imagine, it's a huge area large parts of it have um, a very minimum state presence. And there has always been a certain land hunger in Brazil and people who 
have looked at the Amazon as a place that they can make money, whether taking out timber, mining for gold and other metals, and increasingly cattle ranching and a certain amount of soy farming. The state has had a difficulty in managing that kind of pressure on the rainforest from all those different forces wanting to go in there. It had in the past, particularly when they had the environmentalist Emerina Silva as the Minister of Environment, been able to get the situation under control. And I think her historic period as the Minister for the Environment was fundamental in tamping down on the problem. But there have been worries since she left office in 2008 that the other historic forces that are looking at the Amazon were going to once again pick up a head of steam. And that has accelerated dramatically since uh, Jair Bolsonaro took over as president in 2019. And he is at the vanguard of a kind of an alt-right movement that totally dismisses climate change as something that foreign rivals are using to try and commercially harm Brazil. He has really done as much as possible to defang the environmental protection agencies in Brazil that had been so crucial under Marina Silva in getting deforestation under control. As you've mentioned, deforestation was already a problem in Brazil in the mid-1990s and at the turn of the millennium. So that was long before Bolsonaro became leader. But what can you tell me about the environmental policies that are in place now that make the situation so precarious? Well, just to give you a, you know, an example of a recent situation we've had here where we've had a well-documented explosion of illegal wildcat mining in the Amazon. And these are groups, some of them, um, it's not clear how many, linked to organised crime who are engaging in very environmentally degrading practices, principally looking for gold. And the response of the Bolsonaro um, administration to this was not to promise a crackdown or to get a handle on what is illegal activity. It was to uh, pass a new law that would recognise what they call as small-scale or artisanal mining as a legitimate practice. So that's a, a certain example that I think has been very clear of how the government is approaching the question in the rainforest. More generally, the first environmental minister under uh, Jair Bolsonaro, he was caught on a videotape saying we need to use the pandemic and the media's obsession with it as cover to basically just take apart Brazil's environmental protection regime. And they have made great inroads in doing that. Part of the reason there has been the explosion in deforestation since Bolsonaro came in is because it has, through a series of nods and winks, become clear to those who would clear land in the Amazon that the government is no longer going to crack down on them in the same way that it did do when Marina Silva was environmental minister. And staying with mining, Tom, isn't Bolsonaro currently pushing through a law which would allow the mining of indigenous reservations because of global fertilizer shortages which have been caused by the war in Ukraine? What impact would something like that, combined with previous mining projects that Bolsonaro has spearheaded, have on the Amazon rainforest going forward? 
This one about mining and indigenous reserves is another classic example of what's going on in Brazil at the moment under Bolsonaro with the Amazon. Brazil, which is a major food producer, major food exporter, but it is dependent for its fertilizers largely on imports. And the main source of imports are Russia and Belarus. So now Bolsonaro is saying, well, you know, with this war, we need to implement a plan to produce our own fertilizers. And the best place to get this is in indigenous territories in the Amazon. So we need to rush this measure through Congress, which his allies in Congress are attempting to do. The vote will be likely next month. And the whole basis of what they're arguing is based on on lies. And that's <laughs> that's just the simplest way to put it. The major potassium reserves that are already being exploited in Brazil, their own owners are saying, look, we actually have reserves that can guarantee production for the next 60 years. It's on the edge of the Amazon. It's not in it. And they're saying, if you invest in us, we can supply your needs. But what is actually happening here is this is a much more longstanding ambition of Bolsonaro and his supporters to open up indigenous reserves. They think, and, and they've openly said this, that there are too many indigenous reserves, too much land within them in the Amazon, and it's inhibiting this development that they see that they want to do. NGOs and, and foreign groups that are involved in protecting indigenous rights, they're seen as fronts for economic rivals trying to, again, going back to that idea of holding back Brazil. And so under the cover of war, he's trying to rush through this new measure to allow the mining that he says will solve a problem that it cannot solve, but it will allow them to achieve a longstanding ambition. My name is Chai Surui. I'm only 24, but my people have been living in the Amazon rainforest at least 6,000 years. Today, the climate is warming, the animals are disappearing, the rivers are dying, and our plants don't flower like they did before. The Amazon is a source of huge pride for most Brazilians. So how do they feel over the last few years watching Bolsonaro's approach to this massive rainforest, which he seems to have little appreciation or regard for? Most Brazilians, uh, a majority in polling consistently shows this, are in favour of protecting the rainforest. They are also as worried here as people abroad are about climate change. Just in the last week, there was a, a survey showing that 75% of Brazilians are afraid that climate change will directly impact their families. There are two issues. One, there are so many concerns for Brazilians in terms of jobs, inflation, uh, violence and public security concerns that the Amazon uh, is in a whole cauldron of pressing concerns. Even for the majority of Brazilians, it's very far away. I'm sitting in Sao Paulo. It's several thousand kilometers and a four-hour flight for me to get to the rainforest. And so many Brazilians feel it is a problem, but they're not living in it. So they see the images on TV like people do at home. Most Brazilians never go to the rainforest. So I think that takes away somewhat from the urgency of the issue for Brazilians. Tom, do you know whether Bolsonaro has responded at all to the latest warnings from climate scientists that the Amazon rainforest may be near a tipping point of dieback or, for that matter, any other warnings that have been made over recent weeks and months dating back to the COP meeting in Glasgow? 
What does he say in response to that, or does he choose to ignore most of it? He chooses to ignore most of it. There was no response from the government to this latest report about the fall in resilience in the rainforest. And when they do talk about the Amazon Bolsonaro and uh, senior officials in his, in his government, it tends to be denying that there's a problem. He has said enough times over the years, and right up to recently, he was last month in Hungary with uh, Viktor Orban, and he was saying like, there's no deforestation going on in the Amazon, which just flatly con- contradicts the data of his own, his own administration. He is a noted climate change denier. A lot of his intimate circle, they've always sort of downplay the problem, portray it as really a game by rich northern countries to try and stymie Brazil's growth. And this is very rooted in a certain segment of the Brazilian population is very strong, the military as well, that the environment and that the Amazon concern about the Amazon is a lever to try and pin Brazil down in kind of global trade wars to undermine its potential and its capacity. But it is also convenient for Bolsonaro to deny this because an important segment of his political coalition is made up of what you might call the irresponsible wing of Brazil's agribusiness sector, mining interests, timber interests. And they are groups that are funding Bolsonaro and his political allies in election campaigns. And they want to hear this. And they're very keen on this sort of approach to the environment because that allows them a freer hand in the Amazon to pillage it and make money. Last summer, a group of academics and environmental activists warned that the collapse of the Amazon rainforest was inevitable if Bolsonaro remained president of Brazil. Is that true? Is his personal leadership that damaging to the natural environment? That's hard to say with any definitive data to back it up. I think what is completely obvious is that since he's come in, deforestation has accelerated. The Amazon in its entirety has already lost about 17% of its original cover. There is, as this recent report said, increasing signs that the bioma is becoming stretched to a point where future shocks, it will, it will be, uh, find it in a position that it'll be harder and harder to recover from. Bolsonaro, if he wins re-election later this year, he would have another four years. Are, are these the four years critical to saving the Amazon? Um, I think most sober environmentalists are talking about decades. And I think there's also a risk of saying, you know, to save the Amazon, we just need to get Bolsonaro out. Uh, the problem long predated him coming into power and the challenges will exist long after he's gone, whether he loses election this year or in four years time, or if he fulfills his dream and manages to set up some kind of authoritarian regime and stay in for as long as some of his political heroes like Orban, like Putin. This is something that is going to outlast Bolsonaro. But that said, he is the most outspoken advocate of leaving the Amazon to what would be its very bad luck in Brazil in the hands of interests that really just see it as a wasteland that needs to be cleared and made productive. It would be, I think, a positive for the environment if he were to lose re-election. But whether the Amazon would be doomed if he won, I think, is, is too hard to say. Tom, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, guys. 
That's it for today. My thanks to our guests, Dr. Chris Bolton and Tom Hennigan. This episode was produced by Jennifer Ryan, Suzanne Brennan and Aideen Finnegan. In the News will be back on Wednesday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.